Hello, everybody. This is Courtney Stanley, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dare to Interrupt, a listening experience where you have the opportunity to sit in on honest, unfiltered conversations with women who are considered to be the most influential, inspiring, and innovative women in the world of events, hospitality, business, and beyond. Throughout their careers, these leaders have dared to interrupt conversations, their own comfort zones, and sometimes even societal norms to hustle toward their greatest levels of success. I am thrilled to introduce you to today's guest. We are joined by Stacey Hunky, founder of Stacey Hunky Inc., who is an expert in communicating with influence. It's so great to have you here today, Stacey. Where are you joining us from? Oh, thank you, Courtney, for trusting me with your members. I am right in the heart of Chicago. Oh, yes. Sweet Chicago. I will actually be there this weekend. I'm very excited. Oh, good. Good place to be in the summer. You made a good choice of your timing on that one. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah, definitely a summer city, that's for sure. Winter right. will be a little bit a little bit breezy, but still a great city to visit. So, Stacy, you and I were connected via a mutual friend in the events industry and I am so glad that I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit and also the work that you do, which is super interesting. Can you share with the audience more about your area of expertise and how you empower others? Yes, and thank you. I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to meet as well. The, the best way I can introduce what we do is we increase individuals' awareness of how much influence they really have rather than what they believe to be true. And we define that, Courtney, that whether the camera's on, camera's off, meaning via Zoom or you're in person, hybrid, whatever everyone's world is like right now out there, it's making sure that your body language, your messaging, they're consistent Monday to Monday. That how you show up, how you stay showed up is one that really builds confidence, trust, and influence through whomever you're trying to move to action. Stacey, how do you define influence? Yeah. And that's like the, that's the big misinterpretation right. <laughs> that's out there, right? I mean, Courtney, and you and I, we've talked about this a little bit prior to today. There's such a misperception. We believe, some of us believe that if we feel good, if we know our message, if we've had time to prepare our years of experience, our titles, all of that determines the level of influence that we have. I come in from a different angle and say, no, it doesn't. It really is this ability to drive people, to move people to take action long after the interaction has occurred. I mean, you and I both know, and anyone in the meeting industry, it's not always the first interaction where suddenly you build trust. It's a series of interactions you may have with someone, but every time you interact with them, it's you being consistent. That's how you build that trust. That's one side of the definition, Courtney. The other side is that body language and messaging, that they're consistent, that there's not, you show up one way, but you say another thing. I really, from over the last how many months watching individuals on Zoom, I think we have forgotten that your brand is on everything that you do, your personal mm -hmm. brand. We're always under surveillance. That's another part of influence that how you show up in this virtual platform and then maybe you are able to go back in person, they have to be consistent. And the virtual, we've, we've just, you and I have talked about this, Courtney, we've taken for granted that, well, we're working out of our home, so it's more relaxed. I get that, but you're also still determining every time you show up on these calls, you're determining your reputation based on how you show up, 
what you say, what your message says, and how people experience you. So that's really, really interesting, Stacey. And something that you mentioned at the very beginning of explaining what influence actually is, is the development of trust or building trust. What's What are some things that we can do to help build that trust in order to be more influential? Gosh, the first is let's go back to communication 101, 80-20. You speak 20%, let that client, the individual you're trying to influence, the individual you're trying to build that trusting relationship with, let them do 80% of the talking. During uncertain times, I think it's absolutely critical we communicate with empathy. The only way to do that is to open up these conversations. Open is the key, right? Open-ended questions to really identify where is your listener today? Which lane are they in? Because you need to be able to adapt that message constantly on the fly. Trust is built off of people realizing, okay, it's not just you showing up, going through your agenda, telling me what you want to do or what you want us to do. I really feel that it's every time I hop on a call with you, you genuinely care. You speak from the heart. You listen to what I need and where I need to go. That's the first step. The second, we pull in the body language, Courtney. And if there's one question my team and I consistently have heard during this virtual world, where do I look? Now, camera's on. Where do I look? And it's so hard because first, you've got to have that camera at eye level. Make sure that your setup, your virtual setup is right. Making sure that every time you're speaking, you are looking at someone. Anytime that you're not talking, maybe you're referring to your notes. Maybe you're doing a share screen. It's not speaking when you're not connecting with a pair of eyes. And that that even started the challenge before the lockdown is we'd be talking to our phones, looking at our phones while we're having a conversation with someone in person. It, it really is making that individual feel like there's purpose to be here with you, but you can only communicate that through your eyes. And, and believe it or not, Courtney, I, I call it eye connection. Eye connection is the only skill, meaning body language or delivery skill that conveys trust. That is really, really, really interesting. So we've talked just briefly about body language. Let's talk about body language in person because we are starting to go back to meeting face-to-face or maybe it's a hybrid experience. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are actually feeling a little bit unprepared or just, you know, a little bit off going back into face-to-face because it's been a minute since we've been together. But of course, something that you talked about earlier is that I mean, really every touch point that you have with somebody, whether it's virtual or in person, serves as you know an element of your brand or the per- perception mm-hmm. of who you are or that influence that you have. So as people are going back to you know in-person experiences and networking and that kind of thing, what are some tips that you can give people for how to really make sure that they're thinking carefully and strategically about their body language and the way that they show up in a room? Oh, how much time do we have, right? We'll we'll start. I'll give you three. How about that? There's about eight different behaviors that I teach, but I think the top three, when we're talking about in person, first walk into that room like you own it. Mm -hmm. And women tend to uh, jeopardize their body language, tend to more than men do. For both sexes, though, we want to walk into that room like we own it and really have this open stance. Try to avoid the fidgeting. Try to avoid the leaning to one side 
or the clasped hands or leaning on the boardroom table, the meeting table. Posture is key. I want you to think of this like you go for a tennis lesson and you've been playing, playing tennis for a very long time. And you, the first step that tennis coach is going to give you is, all right, let me see your stance. Because if your stance, the grip on that tennis racket, any of that is off before you serve the ball, that's what makes your whole game off. And posture, standing in seat is the same thing. Posture communicates confidence or it doesn't. That's number one. Number two, and this applies virtually and in person, which is good because if you're still virtual, you should be practicing this every time the camera goes on or every time you're in an interaction. Brevity, brevity, brevity. Start thinking and speaking in bullet point sentences. Get rid of your fillers. So like, well, actually, you know, really drive the point home so that your message stands out from the noise, stands out from all the other messages that are out there. Number three, we'll just tie it back, Courtney, to the eye connection, that when you're in person, part of walking into that room and owning it is you look people dead in the eye, make them feel like they're the most important person in that room. And when you are in that room, get rid of those technical gadgets, unless you're a brain surgeon (laughs) (laughs) and you need to be checking your, your messages often. I don't understand why we go into these in-person situations. And finally, I mean, no pun intended after how many months virtual, finally you get to see an individual. Your email will never be more important than an actual live body in front of you. And if we can really get our arms around those three skills of brevity, adding pauses, eye connection, as well as that posture standing and seated, you are, I really believe you are the top 1% that actually get this idea of it's not just about my message. It is truly how people experience me, full package delivery and messaging. I couldn't agree with that more, Stacey. And I think that one of the points that you made about just, you know, walking into the room like you own it, I think is really great advice. For the people who are maybe just struggling with that type of behavior where, you know, maybe they get in their head a little bit or they're so nervous that it's really, really difficult for them to walk into a room with that great confidence. What advice could you give people who maybe struggle with that? Oh, well, there are two things. And I don't don't know if they're going to like to hear this. It's going to be asking for feedback, truly constructive feedback from someone you trust is going to tell you the truth. Ask them, what do I do? What do I say where I'm, I'm lacking confidence? And then flip it. What do I do? What do I say where I come across confident? Mm. And if someone says to you, well, no, you're good. You're, you're fine. That's not the right person to ask. <laughs> Find <laughs> someone you trust in your personal life and your professional life. Because some people will always say to me, well, Stacey, I behave different professionally than I do personally. And I get that to some degree, but no athlete practices before the game and then performs at the game differently. We got to kind of think like an athlete here. That's the first step. Now, for your listeners who really, truly want more influence, so they want more confidence, start recording yourself on your phone. And you easily can do this, whether you're virtual or you're not, press play on your phone and record your side of the conversation. Then, Courtney, when you listen to the playback, you're really listening for what did that sound like versus what that felt like. Because you might That's not a really feel- cool exercise. I right? love that. It's yes. So powerful, Courtney. I mean, truly, our conversation right now, if there's one thing to make this time frame worth your listeners' while to give them value, record yourself as often as you can. That's all you need to do. 
Because when you hear it versus you feel it, it's a totally different concept because you could be thinking, I'm not confident. You listen to yourself on playback and you're realizing, wow, I am more confident than I thought. It can go both ways when it comes to, comes to what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's so funny, Stacey, because I would say the number one comment that I get after recording any conversation with anybody, whether it's on this podcast, whether it's at a conference, on a panel, or you know, some sort of video clip, the other person will almost always say to me, I can't stand listening to myself. I actually am terrified to listen to this podcast episode or I'm terrified to watch myself on camera because it's so cringeworthy. And that is what people always say. And my response to them is, we are always our worst critics for the most part. You probably did better than you think. I highly encourage you to start practicing watching yourself and listening to yourself so that you can actually get comfortable with it. But also you know, change some things. If you do show up and you you wish maybe, you know, you had done your introduction better. That's an area where people wish that, man, you know, walking into that conversation, I really stumbled when they asked me, you know, tell me about yourself. And I totally just missed the mark, didn't make the impression I wanted. And then, you know, maybe it went downhill from there and you left the conversation not feeling your best. So I always encourage people to do the same thing where you've got to get a little bit comfortable with being uncomfortable watching yourself on camera or listening to your conversation so that you do show up the way that you really think you are or want to be. Exactly. And it's, it's always the things that are the most complicated, difficult, don't make us feel good, make us uncomfortable. Those are the secrets to getting better. And if your listeners could just really get their arms around, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Those are the growth times in our life. I I came across a quote not too long ago, John Wooden, he was a big professional basketball coach, and he's quoted saying, it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts. And if you think about that, that, that's true, right? And, And watching ourselves on Zoom, it's not the same. It's getting yourself on a video playback, an audio playback, and really taking a look. The more you do that step, by the way, you'll become ultra aware when you're in a conversation and you might start to ramble. You notice it right away. Or you start to lose focus in your messaging or your delivery. You'll you'll pick up on what's not working before it happens. And that way your listener never sees it. They only see what you truly deliver to them. To some degree, we've got control over that. Mhm mhm. Yeah, and I actually I will encourage people to script an introduction or to script their elevator pitch, literally write it out, write it out on paper, tweak it, practice it, put it in your back pocket and then put it into use when you get those questions like what do you do? Tell me about yourself. The open-ended questions where you could I mean you could really go left, you could go right, up, down, backwards, forwards. So I encourage people to actually just script it and then tweak it as you need to. But that way, those moments that maybe feel a little bit more uncomfortable or they just feel a little bit more open-ended and it's not as specific where you really do want to make a good impression, you're able to do that and you can adjust it as you go. But one one question that I had for you, and you touched on this in the very beginning, was 
some of the work that you do is you help people understand if they actually are as influential as they think they are. So maybe for the people who are maybe saying, I am, I think I am actually pretty darn influential. What are some things, some strategies, some exercises that you have those people do where they can decipher whether or not they actually mm-hmm. are as influential as they want to be or think that they are? Yeah. I go back to, it's the feedback and the recording, Courtney, Mm -hmm. because so much of our work, if if the mentoring that I do with executives, you know, they're coming to, they have some influence. Otherwise it would not be an executive. Those are my favorite people to work with because they're at this level that is so high sometimes from a delivery and credibility to be able to get someone like that on recording to say, all right, here's what's working. We're going to improve that, enhance that even more. Here's where you still can improve. And every leader, no matter how influential they are, they always know that there's something more, correct? There's always more to develop. So if you're someone out there right now that's thinking, I I am influential, I'm not saying you're not. I'm only saying make sure that is 100% true consistently in your personal life, in your professional life. And the only way to do that is don't let feeling be your guide, but truly look through the eyes and ears of your listeners. And, and, And to me, that's the key, what I just had shared. It's personally and professionally. How you hear me on this podcast right now is how you'll hear me, whether we're hanging out on the weekends or we're grabbing just a casual coffee. It's That's the piece I don't think people understand, Courtney, where it's more, well, when I have a chance to prepare and I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice my elevator pitch. Well, what happens though, when someone catches you off guard and now suddenly you sound different because you didn't get to practice the pitch, mm-hmm. take a step back practice in all conversations. Next time you turn on your camera this week, think about your brevity. Next time you have lunch with your family, think about what you're doing with your eyes with them. Are you constantly connecting with them? I know it sounds crazy, but I would challenge everyone when you're having lunch today or dinner tonight with family, friends, do you tend to talk to your food when you're supposed to be talking to them? And it's so many moments like that, Courtney, that if we can look at how do we come across in all conversations when the stakes are high, the elevator pitch, the boardroom meeting, that's not the time to practice the night before on Mm -hmm. these skills and how you come across. This should be something you should always be practicing. And suddenly those high stakes situations, Courtney, whether you're prepared or not, they become more controlled, meaning You walk in and you've gotten your agenda, but you still, you've got so much confidence from all this practice that you've got the confidence to adapt your message on the fly, to take the curveball, to take the the Q&A with confidence without skipping a beat. Now I'm going to play, I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a second here. If you, if you do prepare and I truly believe that life favors the prepared. And actually, there was a woman that I had heard speak at a conference a couple months ago who said, be ready so that you don't have to get ready. And I loved that. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about here. But Mm -hmm. to play devil's advocate for a second here, is there 
is there a, a possibility that by being so prepared and kind of having those, you know, canned bullet point responses that you do lose a little bit of that authenticity yes. or, you know, just kind of being yourself in the moment and being organic. Talk to me about that a little bit, Stace. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I do not coach. I don't want you to be scripted. I don't want you to not be authentic and, and turn it on. That's why it's so important, Courtney. So I'm going to give you an example. During this podcast, you will not hear me use an um or an ah. And it's only because I preach that it really jeopardizes the knowledge people have or the perception of knowledge. If I um and ah all weekend with my friends and family, then my very first Zoom meeting on a Monday morning, I don't use an um and ah, I will sound canned. Mm -hmm. I won't be authentic. So if you think you go back to think about a golf lesson or whatever sport any of you may have played in the past and maybe received some coaching on, golf is tough because they, they first teach you the core skills, right? They just teach you how to hang onto the golf club, how to swing. Where the real skill comes into play is every golf course is different. You have to take your core skills and adapt them to the how far you are from the green, the obstacles on the court, on the golf course, the sand, the land, sand mines. I, I'm not sand pits, if that's what you call them. Right. <laughs> that's what makes it tough, right? Now, every golfer knows that. So the golfer will practice the core skills over and over, which will enhance their game, not make them come across different than what they've practiced. It strengthens their game, right? Now, if you take this into the communication that I'm talking about, if you practice an open posture, for example, if you practice all the time in your personal life that when anyone talks to you, you just, you're just known, you look people in the eye, you, you have purpose behind your conversations. If you don't start your sentences with the awe in your personal life, that's not going to change you and make you sound scripted. It's going to make you effective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, the actual messaging part Yes. Is there something to be said about you have a big presentation coming up and you really should put some thought into it? Yes. What I don't encourage my clients is write everything out word for word and then memorize it. Yeah. Now you're scripted. Now you're not authentic. I first, believe it or not, Courtney, when I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, I first throw a lot of random topics at them, a lot of impromptu, put them into a lot of impromptu situations. Because think about your week, personally and professionally, how many of your conversations are impromptu? Oh, gosh. All of them. <laughs> so many. <laughs> All of them. Like this right now is totally impromptu. I have no idea what you're going to ask. I have no <laughs> idea what's going to come out of my mouth. It's I throw my clients into impromptu situations because I know if I can force them to pause and think on their feet, even when they don't know what to say, when they are in a situation where they had more time to put a message together, they're stronger because they've practiced this all the time. But practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes you conscious. It makes you conscious of what do I need to change? How do I adapt my message on the, on the fly, but still come across effective? Does that 
clarify that question? I definitely think it does. I definitely think it does. And I want to ask you just a couple other questions because we are so much in a virtual space right now. And a lot of people are leaning on social media, things like LinkedIn to, you know, stay top of mind, to continue to be positioned as a thought leader, as an expert, as an influencer. How can people who are not showing up in the room or even on camera, so let's say there is no real human-to-human interaction, how can people who are posting things on social media like LinkedIn make sure that they are coming across as A, authentic, Mm. and B, influential? Yes. I personally, we we have this whole social media team that really manages all of that and is constantly looking at it. If you're not in a situation like that, I would get feedback. I would get feedback again from someone that you trust to really look at your post over a period of time to say, all right, sometimes you come across this way. Other times you come across not authentic. And it's such a critical piece because we're not talking influence just when you show up. It's the influence that you have in every message that you publish, like social media. Now, number two, this is in no order. Number two, which probably should be number one, figure out why are you posting what you're posting? Mm -hmm. What is the personal brand you want to create out there? That way, every time you do do a post, you have an objective. You've got a purpose in mind of why am I sharing this with the world? Because you and I both know once it's out there, it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> Number three, something that we've we've heard from the very beginning of social media, if you're going to do it, do not have just one foot in the game. Go all in, be consistent, put work into it, add value. Because I, I see this all the time sometimes with our clients, Courtney. I know them personally by working with them. Then I'll see some of their Facebook posts and I'm thinking, huh, that is not how I see you. That's not how I hear you when we're together. What are you doing online? Yeah, I truly feel like that's probably one of the most relatable things you've said, Stacey. I think we've all had those moments where we see people show up online and we, you know, know them pretty well from conversations that we've had and we're like, oh, This is not the same person that I necessarily have experienced myself. Yeah. I I love that you said add value. I think that's probably one of my favorite takeaways from the advice that you gave. I think always remembering, again, that 80-20 that you were talking about that also applies to the virtual world. So, you know, the value of the content that you're posting, making sure that you're being conversational, not preachy, not salesy, all of that stuff matters, whether you're in person or it's a virtual world. So Mm -hmm. I do want to close our conversation with one final question. And that is, if you could share one piece of advice with other women in business, and most of our listeners on this podcast are women from the events industry, the meetings industry, business in general, what would that piece of advice be that you would want to really stay with them as they conclude listening to this particular episode? I'm going to speak from just personal experience with so many of our clients saying they're on Zoom after Zoom after Zoom. They're getting tired. There's so much noise out there. If as a business owner, you could really look at what can I do to stand out from the noise? 
And I think, Courtney, it's the basics. It's follow through. Be available. Always provide value. That anytime someone hops on a call with you, it's worth their time. Ask the open-ended questions to really figure out where are they that you can communicate with empathy, you can truly communicate from the heart and create this reputation of one that people trust you because they always know what they're going to get. You always make it worth their time because the calls are have action behind them. They focus on what's important to them and just keep focused on your brand, how you want to show up, what you want people to be saying behind your back. Love that. Love that advice. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was absolutely fantastic to hear all of your insight and so much knowledge. So thank you for sharing that with us today. And thank you all for listening. Share what you learned from this episode with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by following at Meetings Today and me at Courtney on Stage. And be sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to Dare to Interrupt on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. Be genuine, stay focused, and keep daring to interrupt, my friends. Until next time.